Hello, hello, and welcome to another Toon Network match report with me, Adam. Are we are we all suitably over what happened uh, yesterday against Leicester? Nah, me neither. But I thought I needed to stew on it before delivering a video. It was our party, and we cried if we wanted to. Um, what an awful, sickening way to end a football match that started with such promise, started with, su with such optimism, and we were hard-working, but how typically Newcastle United to be the architects of our own downfall yesterday. Once again, it seems we're slipping ever closer to the relegation zone. I think the fact that we're in a relegation battle now is completely unquestionable. Um, we are in a relegation battle, no two ways about it. That's now one point out of the last seven games in the Premier League, which is relegation form. It's probably bottom of the, it's probably bottom of the league form, uh, to be completely brutal. But we can take some positives from it. Believe me, there are some positives, but there are a whole lot of negatives as well, which we'll have to go through. I really wish I was delivering a, a, a much a much happier episode. I really thought we'd we'd pull it out the bag yesterday after going a goal ahead after four minutes with Hosselu finally being vindicated, um, his selection being vindicated after after a really uh, you know a huge drought in a time where we really needed some um, goals and some points on the board. And in the last video um, post Chelsea game with, with Ben. We were discussing how we really needed to come out of the traps fast against Leicester, uh, similarly how similarly to how we did against Bournemouth, uh, where we played really well that first half, but then just couldn't finish our chances. But Dwight Gale, what 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 a revelation he's been in the last few weeks, and it was a beautiful ball uh, over the top from Jacob Murphy on that left hand side, who's been our other most impressive player of late. Gale running in behind. I mean, this is the, this is the pace that he that he brings and, and and asks questions of opposition defenders when he uses that pace to get in behind, and the way he just was clever enough to pull it back away from the crowd around the six yard box. And Hosselu's there anticipating that that's exactly what he's going to do. It wasn't the cleanest strike, even so, but he will absolutely take that. And what a start it was. Um, the atmosphere. Was, was was absolutely electric when he scored and it was exactly what we needed at that point because Leicester have been on really good form and we needed to take the game to them to be assertive before they had a chance to warm up which is exactly what we've done because too many teams have dominated us at home possession wise and in terms of I guess power within the game itself within that match you know, Watford, the 3-0 th against Watford was was probably, I'd say, our, our worst performance of the season. It was it was absolutely dire. And we were completely dominated in our own backyard. We had mistakes. We then didn't learn from those mistakes. And we all know what happened in the 3-0 there. But given how Leicester have better passes of the ball than we do they were able to dominate possession and I think after that that early scare with the Hosselu goal they've got that ability they've got those players who can 
just create something out of nothing. And Riyad Mahrez is absolutely one of those players. Um, his haircut might not be up to much um, at the minute, but once again, Newcastle United conceding from long range. This is not the first time we've been here, okay? Shakiri long range. Moy, long range. Coutinho, long range. Gabbiadini, long range. There's a pattern here that for whatever reason, we're not shutting players who can strike a ball from distance down. We're not shutting them down and we're conceding more goals from range outside of the box than statistics would ever suggest we, we could in half a year. It, it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Now you look at this and you think, are we not closing the players down fast enough? Yeah, that's probably, that's probably one of the issues. We're not closing players down on the edge of the box. Our defenders seem to like to turn the back like this. That's, you know, that's, that's not the kind of challenges we want. We want people, we want people you know, committing and not sort of being scared of the ball. Get your head in there. We've had players who played for Newcastle in years gone by. Players like Nikos Dabazas who would put his head in, you know, who put his head in if it meant that he was going to try and get a good tackle. And even the daft loon Stephen Taylor would do that, as limited as he was as a defender. Even he would do that. But our defenders aren't doing that. Marino gives the ball away. It's not the first time he's given the ball away in a dangerous area when we're on the counter-attack. And we then couldn't deal with, with what Riyad Mahrez did next. Yes, he's a very exceptional player. Player of the league, uh, the couple of, uh, player of the year a couple of years ago. But we know he's going to He's going. We know he's going to want to look to shift onto his left. He did that. He's hitting it. He's hitting the ball from a central area. And Darlow's so close to it. How how has he let that out? How has he let that through his hands? And and and, and it's so easily, you know, the the, the longer we could have gone one 0 up, the more Leicester heads drop. The more. Our fans get behind the team, the more our team gets that in belief that they've been lacking for so long. The belief that came back against West Brom when we came back from 2-0 down. The belief that allowed us to take the lead at Old Trafford, at Stamford Bridge. And that belief was there again. Another early goal, another early goal that involved Dwight Gale. That's, that's not a coincidence. He's been tremendous the last month. He really, really has. And you look at the performances of Jacob Murphy of late. Dwight Gale and Jacob Murphy are two players that I think, me included, uh, maybe not, not so much Murphy because he hadn't really played and I couldn't judge him, but a lot of players, uh, sorry, a lot of fans had written off Murphy and Dwight Gale in the early parts of this season. Murphy, well, he's not getting into the team. What's he doing? Is he not good enough? Is he not ready? We spent 10 million on him, etc. Dwight Gale, I personally didn't think Dwight Gale was up in the Premier League based on his couple of performances that he had um, early in the season. He looked out of shape. He looked out. Of, he wasn't fit. He just he was getting knocked off the ball very easily, which I know is a problem for him. But now there there are two best players, without without a doubt. I don't. I, I think you know Murphy had a great chance um, in the first half as well. It was tipped really well by. Schmeichel and, and, and Murphy, even the, the ball over to Gale for, the, for Hossley's goal, outside of the boot, you know, he, he's got that confidence that he, that he, I think he needed to be able to show what he can do. And in, Atsu, in Atsu's absence, he's managed to come in and I think 
for once, the right the right substitution was made yesterday in that it wasn't Murphy that came off from the wing for Atsu, it was Richie, and I think Richie should have come off against Watford, for example. It was Murphy came off against Watford uh, to change it up. But I, I always thought Richie probably... And Richie's looking a bit burned out, to be honest. Um, he didn't have the best of games against Chelsea. But... I really think that, that that first goal from Leicester, it was a it was a good strike, but I think it's quite central still, and I think Darlow is he's got to be saving that, and I think this this is another you know this is another it's further evidence why Rafa Benitez was so adamant that we that we were financed a goalkeeper this in the last summer because. You know, people have their favourites. Elliot's better, Darlow's better. But for me, I don't think either of them are top half of the table Premier League quality. I don't. I, I, I just, and, and that's not, I don't want, you know, that's not their fault. They, they, they both seem really great guys um, who work hard. I don't think any of them have the wrong commitment or attitude uh, but, but in any way. But I just think we'd have conceded fewer if we'd got that top-class goalkeeper in that Rafa Benitez wants and still will want, no question. And the fact that he's changing between the two of them and he doesn't know who's his best goalkeeper says it all. It's the reason that we brought he brought Matt Sells in at the start of last season because he wasn't convinced by either Darlow and Elliot. Now, as it turns out, Sells was a dud by. It was a dud. And if that was Rafa Benitez's um, choice, Rafa Benitez has made a mistake there. And I think that's sort of been highlighted by the fact he's now back on loan cells. So, but it doesn't it doesn't change the need for a new goalkeeper, despite the fact that we brought cells in and he was a dud. It doesn't suddenly mean, oh, well, we'll just stick with Elliot or Darlow. I don't think that's the case. And if we're serious about staying in the Premier League, we need to address that. And I don't want to get on the backs of Darlow and Elliot because it's not just their fault. I think it's I think it's the defence in front of them. I think it's our lack of defend, a true defensive midfielder. Now Hayden, I, when I see Hayden play, he's raw, he's still learning his trade, he will improve. I like his attitude, I think he works hard for the team, he's leggy, he's got good drive and energy, but I kind of really see him as a box-to-box. -box. He, he, he likes to travel forward and he likes to make late runs into the, into the opposition box. Now. What we're really missing is, I mean, we were linked with this Samaris guy, weren't we? The Greek guy from uh, Lisbon, I think it was, uh, in the summer. And I think we were possibly quoted very high transfer fees for him. We were also linked with James McCarthy from Everton, who seemed to have about 16 centimetres. Um, but I think our lack of true defensive midfielder, and I'm talking like a Kante role, a Wanyama, a Matic, Fernandinho, somebody who just sits in and absorbs pressure and is a blocker and gets in the way, is an obstacle. Somebody who just protects that backline and boy, do our backline need protecting. They really do. I was disappointed not to see Lascelles start given that he was available for selection, but, I mean, it's obvious he's been out of the game um, a, f a good few weeks. He wasn't ready to start. But I just thought... I thought Clark had another poor game positionally as well. 
Lejeune made some errors. He's been quite hit and miss, but I still think he's played better than, say, Kieran Clark has. I really don't think Kieran Clark should be keeping his place if Lascelles is fit for the Everton game on Wednesday. I really don't. Yedlin came back into the team and he made... I mean, there was shouts for a penalty against Vardy, but actually you saw that he, he got back in and he made a very important, a very good, clean challenge in the end. I mean, that was close, but he did make the good challenge in the end. So for me, there's, there's, there's no real talking point there. It was just a defender making a good challenge. But it's this, it's this inability to close down and should, should we have had a, a more senior defensive midfielder protecting that back four then maybe we wouldn't be conceding so many goals from outside the box it can't be a coincidence it really can't the other issue we have in defence is that we have Manquillo who was a kind of you know he definitely wasn't Rafa Benitez's first choice second choice, third choice he was a cheap player for about four and a half million who was essentially going to be a squad player we have him playing left back and you know Dummett's on the cusp of coming back in the team I think he played a decent amount of minutes for the under 23s um, at the weekend but it sort of highlights this lack of you know we haven't again we haven't bought a senior left back a natural senior left back since Jose Enrique I think everyone else has played on that left even Santon was a right back You've got Hadara, who wasn't senior. You've got Dummett, who I still truly believe to probably be a left-sided centre-back. I don't think he's a true full-back. So we're, we're really struggling. And that that gives us an imbalance in, in, in our back line. It really does. That The fact that we've had to play right-footers or not natural left-backs at left-back. And that's going to affect our shape. And that's going to affect how wingers attackers and I just felt that we Leicester looked so dangerous with Demarai Gray and Mares on either flank it, it really killed us it destroyed us we, we they looked so dangerous and it made the end of the first half so tense and once Leicester had got their tails up after that equaliser they really started to control the game and they really started to come into their own and coming into the second half you get the feeling that it wasn't a surprise that they would have then get the eventual next goal but once again you've got Mares sitting just inside his half and he's allowed the time and space to get on his left foot he's a one footed player show him on his right even there even next to the halfway line show him on his right foot and we didn't press him hard enough. We allowed him to play what was a wonderful ball. Don't get me wrong. It was an incredible talent to be able to do that. To pick out Marcus Albrighton the way he did. But what that did is that that meant that Mahrez's pass was unchallenged. Albrighton was standing on his own. Little knockback, little knockdown. Unchallenged. Then by the time Gray tried to storm through into the box. It was a bit of a challenge but it's too late. He's taken a swipe, it's taken a massive deflection off, off Lejeune and gone outside the post and just inside the top corner. I'm not blaming Darlow for that. He, he, there's nothing he can do. Could Lejeune have got more of a foot on? Is it just one of those things? 
maybe, I don't know. But the errors for me came with giving Mahrez time and no challenge on Marcus Albrighton, which I think is unforgivable. And by, by those two passes, behind that point, we're on the back foot and it's still our own fault, even if it's deflected off someone's face and gone in. It's, it's still an error. It's still our fault. And it's these defensive errors that have haunted us on this awful run that we've gone on. And we've just gone slipping down the table from, you know, we were, we were about eighth, ninth position. And we've just slowly sunk as everyone else is getting above. Everton's found form. Leicester have found form. Southampton have found form. Teams that are below us. And, you know, we look at even Swansea and West Ham are winning this weekend. And they're two teams that are, you know, playing absolutely abysmally. They were on the way out of the division. Now, we're only two points above the relegation zone. It was six, it was then five, and we were lucky to be at five, given how poorly we'd been and how little points we were picking up. But now, we are absolutely in a relegation battle. We are two points above the drop zone. This is serious stuff, guys. I'm, I'm absolutely furious with what happened yesterday. And especially that we showed the, the character to come back you know, we, we, we allowed Leicester too much authority in the game. And only when we went a goal down did we then, right, right come on. We've got, to go, we've got to try and grab this back. We've got to fight for this. And we did, and we pushed. We got corners. Marino's header wasn't cleared properly. It came out to the right wing, um, and Gale cut in. And, yeah, massive um, notion of luck when it comes to his shot as well, which deflected off Harry Maguire, I believe. So you could say that's kind of one-all in terms of those very lucky deflected goals, but his drive was strong and true, and, you know, he'll take the goal all day long, 2-2, gets our tails up again, gives us belief, Gale's, what, third goal in four games? He's, 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 he's absolutely electric in the minute. Yet we went and shot ourselves in the foot again. Such was the need, I think, to try and claim three points that we've pushed forward and pushed forward far too high. So there was a there was a counter-attack where Mankio had somehow found his way into the box. And he got into the box and then he didn't know what to do with it. And should he have squared it? He probably should just have unleashed a shot or something. Just asked a question. He didn't. He basically got away from him and he just sort of <laughs> just gave up. He looked just like knackered. And, you know, from that, Leicester then go on a, a massive counter-attack eventually and you've got Vardy over on the left-hand side of our box but you've got both centre you've got two defenders going to him and Okazaki's in absolutely acres. He's in acres. Now, no matter how much we're trying to push for a win, for a winner, given that our tails were up, the, the atmosphere was, was behind us, we had momentum, it was 2-2, it was the, you know, the anniversary game. There is no reason that it should be left to a Jose Perez, a forward, to be the third man back in that, in, in that, for that counter-attack. You had the two defenders on Vardy because of ball watching. One of them needs to go to Vardy, one of them needs to be guarding the space in front of Darlow to give him a chance. And you've got a Jose Perez running his heart out to get back. It shouldn't have been left to him. 
It just shouldn't have been left to him. And he's got back and he's tried to, he's, to be honest, he's done well to get in before Okazaki's had a chance of shooting. But he's got in, he's meant to flick it away. It's, it, 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 it's, it's heartbreakingly gone into the back of the, the net, but that's, <laughs> Dollar's getting beaten from there from point blank range and he was, he's not gonna be able to legislate for a, one of his own players hit it past him. But Perez shouldn't have to sprint 40 yards to make up ground how how far away were any of our other defenders to give to, to, for, for Perez to have to run that far and be the nearest person to um, Okazaki? It, it's incredibly, incredibly incompetent defending, and it's this kind of it, it's lack of Premier League quality. It's a lack of concentration. It's 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 a complete sea change from where we were at the start of the season, where we were scraping. You know, we were. We were winning 1-0 or we were losing 1-0. But the defence seemed pretty solid. Now we're getting turned over so easily. Last two games at um, St James's Park, we've conceded six goals. Scoring two. It's not good enough. It's not even close to being good enough. Yeah, we've, we've had um, a lot of attention around our strikers not scoring. But we've scored quite a few this month. We've scored one at Man U, one at Chelsea, two at West Brom, two at Leicester. we scored seven in a month. It's quite a lot, really, for us. That's not bad. Compared to other uh, sides down in the bottom half, maybe that's not the issue anymore. Maybe the issue is the fact that we've got a lack of quality and depth in, in defence. Now, it's all very well at the start of the season when they performed quite well and we seem disciplined. and But it's... But we have to criticise when, when they're conceding a lot. We don't know who our best goalkeeper is. I think people are defenders who we, who we thought quite solid and had good game, uh, good seasons last year. Like Clark hasn't seemed to step up for me. Lejeune's still trying to settle in. It's been unlucky to lose Lascelles. But beyond that, why Mbemba's not getting a game and He's choosing Clark, but I, th I just think Clark positionally has been really, really terrible the last month, and I think that's it's more, it, it, you know, it's another reason why we need we need depth to rotate to improve um, the competition for the side uh, for the side. The fact that we haven't got a proper left back playing that's a big issue as well, and this all comes and don't forget this all comes from the fact. That we've been screwed the last two transfer windows and beyond. The fact that we got relegated in the first place. The fact that Mike Ashley didn't want to release funds last January. The fact that he didn't want to release funds or give Rafa Benitez the authority that he was originally promised. And he was. This is the reason we didn't get Caballero. This is the reason that we didn't get Tammy Abraham. Is because we, we took our time. The board took the time to give the green light to these deals that Rafa Benitez had made significant progress in and that's why we're not there. The fact that we've given five million for a striker. What did you think was going to happen? What did you... Hossalu has scored for Newcastle as many goals as I probably would expect a five million pound striker in 2017 to score. Make of that what you will. You know? This comes from a lack of investment and a lack of commitment to our football club, and it's Mike Ashley. So there's a lot of 
talk on social media that is Rafa Benitez blameless? No. No, he's not. He's not blameless. You know, there's, there's times where I think he's made the wrong substitution. There's times where I thought he could have started Mitrovic ahead of Hosselu, for example, when, when Hosselu's gone through a really terrible run of form, like really poor, and not just from not scoring, not really getting involved in games either. Mbemba doesn't play because of a communication issue, because he doesn't know the language very well. That's a big issue, and he's a huge talent sitting on the bench when we've got a very, very porous defence. You know that's... Four, three, 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 two. <laughs> you know, he's, he's getting all his 15 goals or something we've conceded this, this month, and it's, it's just appalling. That's obviously linked in with Lascelles being injured, which he, it's hard to... It's, He's so, he seems to be so influential. But we've only really realised that when he hasn't been in the team. You've got Yedlin who hasn't had the best few games. So it's when players are not on form that we can't really replace them. We haven't got, really got a replacement for Yedlin because I think he's so important to how we play up the wings and supporting as a wing back. That's important to the way we play, the system we play. Raf hasn't got those options. Hammers we have, who he brought in, hasn't played a lot. Maybe he hasn't got the legs. Maybe he was a good squad player for the championship, but we have to keep him because we couldn't. Really, we can't really get anybody else that's proper Premier proper Premier League quality. Rafa Benitez is not blameless. Rafa Benitez played a four four two at home because I think he felt he wanted us to be assertive and thought we might have enough at home. To get the win. It certainly looked like we might. But I. And we look dangerous going forward. With the, with the pairing of Hosselu and Gale. Who he's, he's trying to try in probably the more. Winnable games. Although Leicester on massively good form. So he's trying to make that work. And. But as, as, as I've explained with Benitez. And his blanket. You, you put an extra. You put an extra man up front then you don't get coverage at the back. And Leicester had an extra man in midfield and they destroyed us and Wilfred Ndidi was all over the place. I do believe that Wilfred Ndidi should have been sent off. I, th I, th I think he's led with an elbow and he's, and he's, and he's got away with it. I've seen, I've seen Alan Shearer get sent off for less than that. It was an elbow to the head and then almost like another one to the neck. It was really clumsy and whether it was intentional or not, I don't know, it's not for me to say. I don't know. Ask Wilfred and Didi. But I think that could be I think that could be a red card and I think everything changes after that. But we didn't get it. I thought Marino give away a, a, a foul near the touchline against Okazaki towards the end of the game. Yet if you look at the replay, Okazaki goes in with his studs on Marino's leg. That, that's a free kick to us all day. So there's a couple of decisions that have not gone our way. But you've got players like Gale who are really trying to pull our socks up and push forward. And that shot he had when it was 2-2. Great little ball through. And he's hit across the goalkeeper and it's just gone wide. It was a great effort. It just shows his confidence is high. Which is a, a, a massive plus point. But we need a, we need to tighten up in defence. And you, you bet your bottom dollar that Rafa's all he's going to do between now and the Everton game is... Is work on on, on our defence because that's where we need 
reinforcing and we need drills and we need discipline and we need Lascelles back and we need to know who our best goalkeeper is who's going to have the confidence to save a ball that's right in front of his face. It was hit hard, but you've got Premier League goalkeepers need to be getting beating that away. You had Dola going up for a cross, for example, and he claimed for a free kick, but he, you, you look at the replay, it wasn't a free kick. It was, he, it was his own player that he bumped into. Couldn't get command of the ball, therefore couldn't get command of his area, and they're still on the attack when our goalkeeper's down, remonstrating with the referee, hoping to get a free kick, which never came. So I think our attitudes are wrong there at the back. I think we're really complacent and, and we've been lax. And I think I think a lot of our play yesterday was dictated by Leicester's pace. They played very quickly. One-touch football, triangles, pass, 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 pass. And I think when we were on the ball in possession, I think we struggled. I think we panicked. I think we panicked on the ball to try and match their, their pace and intensity. And we lost possession very easily. I think that's what happened with... Marino giving the ball away for uh, Mares's goal. I think we, we, we tried to be too clever. We tried to emulate how they played. But we, and as Rafa said this before, maybe not in so many terms, but indirectly, we don't have the players that can play that possession football, that can play pass, 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 fast, flowing, passing football. We don't have the personnel to achieve that at all. So we have to play in a different way, but... It seems that we're trying to dict we're letting other teams dictate how we play on the pitch and it shouldn't be like that. Not at home. Not at home. And now we've just been turned over. We we've conceded three goals each to a Watford side and a Leicester side who, granted, have been on really good form when we've played them. But neither of them are European sides in the traditional sense. And both are mid you know, mid table sides. And I'd like to think that those games, mid-table sides at home, are the games that we should be looking to draw and win if we've got any designs to stay in the division. Now, beyond all this, and yes, I really blame um, Mike Ashley above Rafa Benitez. I think Rafa Benitez, while he hasn't played it perfectly by any means, and I, I disagree with some of his decisions, and I've shared them with you on these videos, but to suggest that Rafa Benitez should be doing more with the side yeah possibly but if you but, but maybe possibly not because maybe his side and maybe this team is limited and maybe they only have so much talent to be able to float in a Premier League surrounded by teams who have spent three four times more than we have five six times more than we have over the last few transfer windows so that's an issue it's a huge issue and fundamentally why our squad is fatigued, there's no competition for places, and why our team ultimately just lacks the quality to be able to stop other teams from scoring past us and winning. It's as simple as that. All of this going on with a takeover in the background that may or may not happen, that's in the balance. Now, Mike Ashley came out a couple of months ago and said that the club was for sale. I tell you what, I'd much rather he bloody done that in April or May so we could get a buyer in for the summer so we could have a proper shot at the Premier League. He's put us in this mess. He's the one who didn't invest in January and summer and then he's still saying now he's probably, the way it's going, are we even going to get funds for January? That's under debate, whether the takeover happens or not. We don't know where we stand. 
the players, Rafa Benitez keeps saying, no, we don't think about that. We, we just concentrate on the next game and the next game and the next game. It is going to affect the mindset of our team, the mentality, the uncertainty, the not knowing if it's going to go ahead or not, the possible hope. Are we going to get players in January to bolster the squad? If we don't, if we don't do that, we're down. No question. No question. And it just seems at the minute that how it doesn't look like I can see where the next win is going to come from. We play Everton on Wednesday. How are we going to do against Everton? They're resurgent. They're playing well now. Big Fat Sam's come in. He's going to fix everything. Sigurdsson's scoring. Rooney's scoring amazing goals. Calvert-Lewin's scoring. We're in trouble. Even Adam Ola-Luckman, who's like their seventh choice midfielder, is tearing it up in the Europa League. We haven't got that depth. We haven't got close to that depth. And guess what? They've got Jordan Pickford in goal, who's a really, really good player. So, Wednesday is going to be as hard as the Leicester game was. So what does he do? Does Rafa go 4-4-2 again and try and take the game to Everton? Because their defence has been shaky this year, so maybe, maybe we try and exploit that. Or do we play more cautiously with a 4-2-3-1 and have... Gale up top on his own. I don't see how you can drop Gale at the minute. You have Gale up top on his own, probably isolated, and there's a lack of there's a lack of um, link conduit between midfield and and, and, and and Dwight Gale. Does Mbemba come back in because he's a good player, but he can't communicate as well? Probably should. Does as Lascelles fit? Does Dolo get bumped out for that mistake, or does he you keep with Dolo? My inkling is he'd probably keep with Darlow for the time being <clears throat> but there's, there's a lot of questions <laughs> that Rafa Benitez has to try and answer and he, he asked him to try and pick up a squad who have we've got Arsenal coming up we've then got a huge game away at the West Ham that's massive that's a that's a relegation six pointer right there against David Moyes and then we've got Man City there's no easy games coming up but you look at the next four and you look at Everton at home West Ham away is must win. Cliché, but must win. When you haven't won the last 10, it's must win. Or we're out. We can't rely on the whatever, whoever we bring in in January, if we bring anybody in, to come in and make an instant impact. Because players take time to bet in. They're human. They might have come from abroad. They might come from south. It's not, it's not guaranteed that whoever we bring in in January is going to change the team that much to give us the quality to get up the table and away from the relegation zone. So it's, it's, it's so sad, the whole thing. The takeover should have been happening in over summer rather than leaving us in, 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 in the hole that we are now. I just can't see where wind's coming from. I've tried to be really optimistic on, you know, on my match reports and trying to pick out the positives from, from here and there, but at the minute, it, it, there's just more negatives and positives and there's no, I, can't, I can't paint it any other way. Gail and Murphy are certainly positives. It's good to see Atsu back. I'd really like to see Lascelles back in as well. But I really think Shelby should be playing. I do. I think he brings too much to us. And I think he's very he's too important to us on the counter-attack to be able to pick out our runners. Especially now we've got Murphy, who re, you know really trying hard and running fast and energy and Dwight, Dwight Gale in behind. You know, Shelby and Gale had a real uh, connection in the, in the championship. He was able to pick uh, Gale out so many different times. And... We have to play Gale, and therefore I think we have to play Shelby. 
it leaves us exposed maybe maybe he drops Marino because you know, Marino hasn't had the best couple of games I think if you're going to drop Shelby sort of as easy as that and I don't think Shelby was particularly the worst player in our team by any means I think it's a tactical thing but I think Shelby brings to the team something that other midfielders do not and I think we're missing that at the minute anyway I've run it for long enough I'm exhausted I'm really really annoyed we're all in the same boat here Christmas period is going to get even more hectic I don't think we're going to get 20 points before the end of the year in those next four games I don't think we're going to find five points I think we might scrape one win out of that, that four maybe a draw I think I think Arsenal and Man City are turning us over realistically I think we're probably heading in with 18 or 19 points before the summer which is cutting it fine really we're going to have to find character from somewhere more character we're going to have to dig in but we need togetherness as a squad and I think our, we're just looking burned out at the minute we're looking fatigued let's hope that Rafa Benitez can find some answers I believe in him I'm sure most of the people out there do as well but don't forget don't forget who put us in, in, in this position in the first place it's the man who's haggling over an extra few million so he can sort himself out rather than sort the team out which to be honest has been a, a, a running theme over his tenure over the last decade the sooner he goes the sooner we can actually progress as a football club it's vitally important if this takeover happens some really really good things can happen exciting things can happen it's always darkest before the dawn there's my inspirational quote for this match report anyway thanks so much for watching i'm sorry it couldn't have been a happier time i'm sorry for my ranting but it had to be said i've been adam of the two network love all your comments on youtube please keep those coming please subscribe to us on there as well we're on soundcloud we're on itunes if you want to subscribe to the audio version of this as well and come and follow us on facebook and twitter for some daft social media nonsense as well thanks very much everybody here's on everton on wednesday bye see bye